welcome back to the Cuddle Punk Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Vex, the dumbest girl alive. With me today, we got a twofer on the podcast today. They are the hosts of the single best Chicago podcast, probably the best emo podcast in the world, honestly. I'm not just saying that because they're right in front of me. I genuinely do think that these guys have the best show. They were a massive inspiration to me right when I was starting to do the interviews way back two years ago now. We've got Brian and Lizzie from the Emo Social Club podcast. Guys, what's going on? What is up? <laughs> it's too nice. We got to start that over. You're going to say something meaner. That's not the vibe on the show, guys. You have to bully us. <laughs> yeah, used to be way worse. That's not the vibe on this show. I'm all about, I will be, I will, I will force compliments down people's throats. That is the whole thing about this show. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, all right. Well, I'll take it. I'll do my best with it. All right. Mm -hmm. I appreciate no that. You guys, are, I feel bad because you guys are already recovering so much. You guys went to your first Rocky Horror last night. It, the problem with <laughs> Chicago right now is that there's so much going on. There's so much different uh, activities happening. So many shows. When you're like in music and you're like, oh, I want to like go and hang out with my friends at the show. They're playing. They're going to the show. Like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, we'll just fill up our entire week with going to these bands, you know, these these gigs at, at all these venues across the city and spending the money on Ubers. And then your friend comes and they're like, do you want to go see Rocky Horror Picture Show? And you're like, yeah, I guess, you know, what's a Saturday night out again? So we're we're recovering from a lot, I think. I think it just all builds up of all the stuff we've been doing. And yeah, it's like the tiktok song like bus another club another club no sleep bus like that has been what we've been doing since like october <laughs> like maybe even september maybe even late september. august it's been kind of silly because i know even like last week we went to like three shows in a row i i canceled on one because i was like you, oh you did too, i went to three shows there's too many yeah. gigs i don't listen to uh the men singers Menzinger, enough yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like you, you left men singers early definitely Oh, I, oh didn't I didn't. He leave. just, he didn't, just go. didn't go. I was supposed oh, to there. Didn't go. No, yeah. Mar Marlene was there and she left early. <laughs> yeah, I said we have enough shows on our calendar right now that if I don't really listen to the band, I I feel okay saying no to it. We've been doing way too many gigs that I just need to, you know, I need a minute. I need a need a Saturday free. Which is silly. <laughs> Just this weekend, since like Thursday, y'all had Cliff Diver and Action Adventure. Then you guys both did Emo Night, and then you did Rocky Horror last night. Like genuinely, this is something that I've been trying to balance out myself. Just how do you figure out like what you put your time towards when it comes to like, going to shows and everything? I think it really depends on because <clears throat> a lot of the things that I tell people especially like my students too, is that you need to kind of like make appearances because that's a part of your networking and to like show up and like be really integrated into like whatever music scene it is. So like for us, we found out about the Action and Cliff Diver show before it was announced. So we put it on our calendar. I said, this is a show we, we're going to go to. We're going to go and see literally three of the bands on that lineup we have interviewed. So we want to show up. We want to be supportive and it's also easier access for us where if we had gone to pierce the veil, either those, well, that one night, cause we DJ the other night, so we wouldn't have been able to go. <clears throat> we would have probably had to get through a lot more PR hoops, if any, and like just see hope that we could get any type of like interview or just like show coverage or anything like that. Um, and while that would have been really great just for like optics and everything, um, showcasing that we have 
this stance and like the local scene and community is still really important and to show that hey we're gonna go to these local shows and like support the homies is our biggest thing and it also just is what is what are bands and artists that we personally want to see so we also factor that into it or is it a new artist that is like coming up on the scene that we want to check out things of that nature so there's a couple things that go into it it's not just oh i'm gonna go see a free show oh i'm gonna go do show coverage oh i'm just gonna like go to the gig to go to the gig it's there's a lot other things that like go into play i should have been at that pierce the veil show but uh (laughs) the thing about having two people on the pod is that sometimes if there is a a secondary gig or uh, or something like that we'll just send the other person to the other one so if we yeah we'll split there there have been times where we've gotten people who reached out to us and they said do you want to cover this show and it's the same night as something else so it's like okay well lizzie's going to one i'm going to another and then somehow we've made it to extra shows beyond just the one a night that we would normally be able to do. Um, yeah. And it, it, like Lizzie said, it's basically like if our friends are playing, we ask them like, Hey, what's up? And then we try to, we try to make guest lists always a thing that we always share. Cause we have our emo nights, we have other stuff. And so we try to spread that around a little bit. So usually it's the one that they, they get us into for free. That's, that's how we pick which one we're going to. I think you guys will be just fine with Pierce the Veil because there's a, I think there's a good chance they're playing Lollapalooza this year. Yeah, I could I see so that. Too. Yeah, with Blink-182. Yeah. I think it's always silly that every time like a big band announces and then there's no Chicago date and it's like right in the middle of like, like in the beginning of August or like late July, they have like a block of dates that are just gone. Everyone's like, oh my God, there's no Chicago. And I'm like, it's Lollapalooza. Like, Lollapalooza, dude. Think it's about it. Summerfest. Yeah, I'm like, just use your brain for like yeah. five seconds and really just you know think about it it's not that hard <laughs> the children looking at the lala lineup are not using their brain they're children this is true this is definitely <laughs> true talking about like smaller artists i was listening to your guys most recent episode and i don't know it really stuck with me how kind you guys were during it because you're talking about like the like TikTokification of scene music with like scene queen and tx2 I was genuinely impressed by how much, Brian, I'll call you out a little bit. Brian, at the very (laughs) least, was biting his tongue throughout the entire thing and just trying to keep everything very chill. How important is, like, I know you guys have something like of a no bummers policy where it's like, no, like, just let people like what they like. How important is that to the show? And like, when did that really start to become a part of your guys' brand? That's how I've always thought about music. Like, uh, we, we, we have a policy of bangers only where it's like, if we're playing, you know, music and we're DJing, like it's, we only play good music. So if you're hearing it, it must be good music. Uh, that's just it, it, kind of like these policies just go into like, we're, we're listening to stuff. We're enjoying things. If it's a three and a half minute song and you don't like it, well, in three and a half minutes, there's going to be another one right after it. So just, just let it play, feel it out. If you don't like it, it's fine. Uh, I think it comes with, age because when i was a kid i was definitely not like that i was very harsh on a lot of bands that i thought were were not very good and i was like i can't believe this band is is doing these things and they're on these tours this seems this seems just wrong like why is my band not the one that's getting like these giant uh, tours and all that and then i realized oh okay because that it's not about just me it's there's a there's a larger audience out there who has an interest in all kinds of stuff and now that we have more options with TikTok, with more of uh you can make any kind of music you want and put it up on the internet and people will probably like it 
uh, and that's why we have hyperpop. Uh, so I think that there's always uh, there's always a genre, there's always a, a style of music, there's always an artist for everybody. And who am I to say no? This artist doesn't deserve to exist. Like they'll find their fans, they'll find their community, and I I, I don't want to stand in that way for somebody, an artist or a fan who's like I'm into. I'm into this music. This is what it does for me. It's like, that's awesome. You know what? Enjoy that. I'm not going to listen to TX2 ever. It's not <laughs> my shit. I don't I was going to say, do you it. want like 180 seconds to just like go off on TX2 for a second? Because it's a safe place on not your show. I will say this. Every time we post a video like that, like there's a, a, a little bit of uh, heat. And I, I, I'm, I'm not above clickbaiting. I'm not above saying something just to get people to pay attention to it as though I'm going to talk shit. And then I actually don't talk that much shit. And I just say, oh, yeah, it's, it's not for me. No big deal. Uh, so I definitely push that, that, that clickbait out there. And now, like, as, we're, as we're recording this, we're starting to get some like, views and comments on it from all the TX2 stands. Uh, so any, any of them who would ever end up listening to this, uh, I don't care. It, like it. It doesn't change anything. <laughs> but at the very least, watch till the end of the video and find out that I am not that harsh on ya boy. At the same time, okay, this is this is a very good artist to get into other music, and I hope when you get into that other music, maybe your TX2 uh, uh, diet decreases. Maybe you're more you're, you're in a different era at that, that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're you're on the TX3, TX4, TX5 by that point. Like, let's just you know keep it keep it rolling. You don't you don't stop at two. You know. You guys have been doing the show since 2018. How did you guys decide to put the show together? Were you guys friends beforehand? Were, was it, or was it like a paired up partner thing somehow? We're barely friends now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, you, yeah, you can tell the story. I was interning at a, um, basically kind of like an artist management social media, like a digital media company that was local here in the city. After I graduated from undergrad, and I was still working part-time in promo and radio. And I was like, let me still like be in the music industry, see what works and build my contact list. And because they manage cover bands, they also had at the time taking back emo and Brian was in it. And because I was one of the more like competent interns at the time to, <laughs> to be blunt and realistic, I was assigned because emo was my specialty subgenre. I was assigned to work a lot more with Taking Back Emo and Brian was a singer at that time. And he was like, hey, I have this idea for a podcast called Emo Social Club. You know how to do like radio stuff. Like, let's let's just try it. And now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> we had. Yeah, I mean, basically, that the idea of doing a podcast as part of like being in the Chicago scene, doing a, a, a cover band. This was we started that band in like 2016. And so we were kind of ahead on of the curve of like the emo nostalgia shit. Like my chemical romance was not a, a current band existing at that time. And that really helped because a lot of people missed my chemical romance. And then my chemical romance said, we need to make that money. And I was like, damn, I'd really hate to be in a, my chemical romance cover band right now. Anyway, I'm, I'm still in a, my chemical romance cover band. So, so everybody just, just shut up. Go. <laughs> everybody shut up. But it was like, a podcast just needed to be part of like kind of a well-rounded creative endeavor. Podcasting, Podcasting is generally easy to make. It's difficult to get off the ground and make it heard by a lot of people. But uh, 
I think we finally did that in 2023, six years later, uh, five or six years later. I, it, it, yeah, it just came out of like, we have the talent, we have the ability. Uh, we hit up our friend, uh, Carlos, who's now doing like major shit out in LA. So he helped us, uh, get it off the ground and, and gets our first few episodes. And, uh, you know, we just, we just, by the seat of our pants figured it out and just said whatever like we'll 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 make this we'll make this happen whatever way we can make this happen and then the pandemic hit and it's like cool it sounds like it's our time to make this thing happen for a weekly podcast because what do we got but time what do we got but these cameras and our computer and that's it and so uh over the years it's just gotten easier and and people have had more time and people have had more interest in in listening to things so that's how it goes I feel like I have to make a video essay at some point about the Chicago cover band scene. Cause I don't think people truly realize how massive and tight knit, not tight knit, but like everybody knows each other. Yeah. The Chicago cover band scene is, it is so weird. And like at that time, because there was just so few, uh, emo cover bands anywhere. There were a lot of Blink-182 cover bands and now there are That's even so more. Specific. No, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. It's like, <laughs> We have worked with minimum like three Blink-182 cover bands that we've like played with. And it's like, there are other bands, but Blink-182 wrote very easy songs. I think that's why. I think that's the reason it happened. Definitely. Like, they're two chords and fart jokes and okay, we got a band. Like, and they're like two minute songs. Yeah. It, 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 Listen, I love a good two minute song, but there does not need to be that many Blink-182 cover bands anywhere. Anywhere. That's not just here, just anywhere. We're talking about cover bands. I wanted to ask you guys about this because there have been two cover band stories that have really, it's been grinding my gears to say the fucking <laughs> least. Um, so last night was Kiss's final concert ever. And they announced that they're doing like an AI fucking like touring oh, yeah. Kiss cover band. And then I was talking with Lizzie about this at Menzinger's. Do y'all remember the Hives? Yeah. So for those of you who do not know, the Hives were an indie rock band in the early 2000s. They are currently franchising themselves by hiring a bunch of musicians to be Hives cover bands, but still be sent out as the Hives. They are menudoing themselves. What the fuck is going on? I applied for the Hives band. So I, I, I hope that, I hope that application comes back. Oh, no, I applied. I put an application in for that. Listen, we were talking about last night getting Brian on like a reality show, and I feel like he's already one step more ahead than he wants to be. I just I'm throwing my name out there, you know. What if what if I'm Viva La Hive, you know? Let's see what happens. Jesus Christ. Brian's gonna be the unsuspecting villain of it all, and it's just because he's gonna be so nonchalant about everything. I say that and then I'm like, cool, I'm gonna spend the rest of the day on the couch like watching TV. There's not no content. I have a very content brain, but I have a very lack of content life. So I think talking about just content, we were talking about like how you guys use the podcast to show off the cover band and just your stuff in general. Do you get frustrated by artists who like kind of speak out against the idea of like creating content and using social media to their advantage? Or is it just something where you're like, I mean, you can do that, but how well is it going to work? I feel like at least for me, when there's artists and bands that don't use either the proper like trending socials or if they're just like not going to use it. I can understand it in some marketing aspects if you're a big enough band. Like, sure, I get it. it. makes sense. You don't really need to do it. 
But if you're just trying to be this edgy band and then you're going to be pissy when you're not getting the listens or the people at your shows, etc. so on. And, and you're, you're like, like oh, my oh my God, God I'm, I'm so shocked, shocked because, because I don't, I don't use socials. socials. Really? That's, That's so crazy because it's, it's a free marketing tool. I personally, I started to get really annoyed recently because being in podcasting and working radio for so long, you always get these weird people sliding into the DMs being like, listen to my band. And I'm like, no, it's bad. Or it sounds like so many other bands and I don't know you and I there's no rapport. You're also not going through the proper channels to contact and communicate. But when I look at their socials, they're mainly just on Facebook. And I'm like, we're hardly on Facebook. And I'm like, I, I literally posted because I had a couple people slide through my DMs to be like, listen to my band's music. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, first of all, you're not emailing me. You're not sending me a presser. I don't care if you have a PR agency or not. Like, have a presser. Learn how to write a presser. It's, it's, it's available out there for you to how to learn in different ways. And I said, if you're hitting me up in the DMs, I'm not going to respond. And please, I'm begging you to use literally any other popular social other than Facebook because I will be 100p unless it's like a big band or like a homie band I'm not booking you I'm not booking you on the podcast I'm not working with you because your traction for promotion is not going to really do anything compared to other artists or acts that do use like TikTok or Instagram and I obviously Twitter is like really controversial and like it's messy right now is what it is. But even on Twitter, if you retweet something, it'll get at least to your general audience and then it can just go through that tree effect where one person sees it. Maybe they click on it, listen to it for five, 10 minutes. That's still a download. That's still a listen. That's still a TSL spent that we can look at and use for analytics. I feel like if you want to do it, it's. You're going to have to be realistic about what's going to happen or you're probably somebody who's like really into like the indie like art house scene, which is fine. I really like indie music. I've listened to bands that they took all their music off of Spotify, though. It's only on SoundCloud and a couple YouTube channels here and there. Like I like that. But those artists are realistic and they're not expecting much. But if you are expecting much and just be like this edgy person who doesn't use socials like. But to get all the benefits of like a band that does utilize it that I can't help you yeah I think you can decide not to um it's very demoralizing when you create something and then no one pays attention to it or thinks about it or interacts with it and you're like trying to be like hey pay attention to my music um but a lot of what what appeals to people and this is something like we we try to bring people on the podcast for is like people don't necessarily identify with your music first anymore sometimes, sometimes they, they identify, identify with you, you as a person, person first. first and if you as a person are like yeah i'm not really public i'm not really like out there on socials that's fine uh, it's just it's going to be harder to get anybody to like what you're doing they're 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 going to want to identify with your personality and and get to know you and why the songs are like this and uh, that's changed a lot. Like the music industry used to not be so parasocial, and now it it starts parasocial. Uh, the kids who buy music want to know that the artist is good and cool and rad. And uh, if you're not not controversial that, yeah, or controversial, that, no, that actually is like when we were uh, when we were doing emo night. Uh, Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath was our guest, and we were talking with him about meeting greets, and he was like. 
basically everybody comes to the meet and greet. They want to meet you. They want to talk to you for a minute. And basically they just want to know he's not transphobic. He's a normal guy. And <clears throat> here's a photo. And they post it on social. And that's it. That That's what people want to know. They They are very... They're very cautious of who they like attach, you know, their 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 uh, themselves to, because if they find out this artist actually has done something quote unquote cancelable, it's like okay, well, I fucked up. This is my favorite artist, and now I have to like appear to be moving in the opposite direction. So they they if they're a super fan, they end up taking these meet and greets kind of to like do that for themselves. Um, so if an artist is putting out there on social positivity some good shit some some kind and welcoming shit i think that uh an artist can grow without necessarily posting about your music but it's it's a hard uphill battle especially when you're not really that kind of person and some musicians are not that kind of person and you got to find your own way from there i guess do you guys know anybody with like really bad like cancelable band tattoos or anything like that no i don't think so actually no gonna say me i'm the most cancelable person i know oh my no. god <laughs> no tattoos <laughs> yes yes well jack mannequin <laughs> they're not cancelable so you're fine i think that's like yeah. the biggest i know like that's like the big joke going around the internet it's like oh, I can't get, like, this tattoo of this band because what if something comes out, like, suddenly? Like, I know, like, people will say that about Fall Out Boy. I'm like, say, psych, don't say do that. Or, like, my cab. And I'm like, at a certain point, like, what what can you do? Because you're not a mind reader. And you're just, especially for folks who have been listening to this since its inception, who are a little bit older and maybe aren't even, like what, like, into, like, the scene drama and, like, the news updates and things like that, which is very fair. Um, cause usually they have children and like families and we don't, um, we're chronically online. Um, yeah. they were chronically online assholes. So <laughs> when you try to talk with them about it, they're like, yeah, I have, I mean, I, I'm in a couple like Facebook groups for like when we were young fest or like riot fest or other music festivals I go to and people will be like, I love all time low. And I'm like sitting here like, do you know? And, like, there'll be people in the comments, like, this is what happened. Or, like, I don't give a shit. They're like, I got these tattoos and I love them. And I'm like, and they're like, I'm, like, almost 40 and I don't care. And I'm like, all right. Like, and I go, like, you know, look at their profile. Like, married kids, they got a normal-ass job. I'm like, all right. They're not like us who are working in the scene. So it's not a part of their priority. They're like, I love, you know, put up or shut up or whatever it is. And they're going to go about their life because that was a time of nostalgia for them. That's not going to be compromised. So I've seen it happen with other people. I don't have any friends that have cancelable tattoos. So it's. Oh, no, I do. My friend has an of mice and men tattoo and still <laughs> love Austin Carlisle. Mm -hmm. Never mind. I do. <laughs> we get we got I almost to, forgot about that. We got around. It took about five minutes, but we got around to yeah. the clickbait eventually. <laughs> Bad bucket. Yes. Tattoo. Yeah. Sorry to throw my homie under the bus but that's on that's on you that's that's solely on you absolutely switching over to emo night real quick how did y'all get involved with emo? because from what I, from my perspective the two of you guys like y'all are the main two on emo night la in chicago which happens at uh, the first friday of every month at subterranean you should all go out it's a really great time 
Hell How yeah. did you guys end up getting into uh, the Emo Night scene? When I decided that I didn't want to do that cover band anymore and uh, sort of moved on to, to other things, uh, I had already been friends with Chell. Uh, they were the one who was running it before uh, for a number of years, and they did a great job with it during that time. And then uh, they were moving on to uh, Orlando, and so uh, it was just kind of eventually time that you know, they let it go and they handed it over to someone else. So, uh, that was, that was me. Cause I had already been doing it with them for six years and they were like, all right, well, I think he's ready. And that was it. And then this, this has been our first year where we're actually, uh, the ones in charge. Um, we had downstairs last year that, that Lizzie and I both, uh, were kind of running on our own, but now we, we run the building. We run the subterranean. Not, not really. We just show up and they yeah, all we're like just... us there. Yeah, we're just two bozos that were like, hey. Yeah. I've never seen uh, upstairs not completely packed with people every time that I'm there, though. Yeah, it's crazy. I I feel my most mid-30s, late-30s, when the room is entirely packed full of kids. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I have to play another Day to Remember song right now. Like, whatever. Uh, or I'll, uh, I'll play, like, a Taking Back Sunday song and no one will know it. And I'm like, I... I yeah, that's been happening a lot more recently, which is really upsetting. It's very strange to me, but it, uh, it yeah, it's been it's been very nice, and I think that um, it's a testament to our our scene here that we still have passion for people coming out monthly to an emo DJ night. Um, it has been, I, I think, getting better uh, just with the audience that that wants to come out and. Uh, building up that community, uh, we've definitely I, I, I've pushed that I want more uh non cisgender heterosexual white man behind the decks except for me i am <laughs> i am the good one and so i can confirm as one of the transsexuals who goes to emo night all the time brian is the one good white man the one good one i did it uh and we we brought on that's gonna backfire think... in about five years i can guarantee you that shit If I Brian's ever saw always tattoo me, I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna say something on Twitter today. Bri <laughs> Brian's <laughs> always on thin ice, and it's only just because he's himself. I walk that line. It's fun. Uh, yeah, I, but I thought like, well, all the other ones are run by men. Uh, emo night in general, like the ones that they do across the country, are a lot of non-white men that run them. Uh, it's mostly women, I think, that do the events um the 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 ones that are run like a lot on the east coast or poc so it's like i'm kind of one of the only white cisgender heterosexual men that are doing emo nights uh so i have to keep it and i can't let anyone take over because you know what it's gonna get gayer in there and i can't let that happen this is gonna be taken yeah. this section that brian just said that is going to get taken by some alpha male podcast and like stitched i fucking guarantee Good. it i hate it this is all clickbait shit. Uh, but we, I mean, we have everyone who does the event with me is is women, trans, um, that's a, a gay, like it's queer. It's a very queer event, and I'm just like, yeah, well, y'all y'all can do that. I'm not, so I'm just gonna be back here facilitating some of this this bullshit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's it feels very like that's our community now. Like I I don't mind pulling in a lot of like um, a younger. Uh, more progressive crowd to just listen to the same music that's about incel shit. <laughs> oh my god.
There was a song we put on the other night, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is like a uh, 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 if you can't Aaron. hang." Oh no, no, no that, that one I that one oh, I'm like, of course it's gonna be that. It was sleeping with sirens. Oh yeah, and I thought this is so easily going. Like this song should be an incel anthem, but it's the fact that like. Kellen is singing about how he has a girlfriend. That is the reason that it can never be. It's like, yeah, no, this person just didn't work out. And it's like, fuck you. And you can get out of here. And that's my Kellen Quinn impression. Uh, Damn. And then he's like, no, but I have a girlfriend. It's like, oh, okay. So that's like the twist. Like, incels won't like it. I don't know anything yeah. about fucking, uh, fucking incel bands. I have no idea yeah. what I'm yeah. talking about. Listen, <laughs> uh, it's, it's just kind of part of the thing. And that's why I'm like, let's not have just a bunch of people who look like me doing it because then it will look a lot like people the, like me at it, the crowd. It's the optics of it again, like just to think about it. But I mean, if we play our arguably almost any say anything song out of context, as nobody like, again, knows like say anything lore or anything people like know, that. We can just uh, say like, it's sexual. Yeah. But, but you know, they ended up not wanting to play that for a while until recently, pretty much. So I'm like, okay, we can play it because we're a bunch of like non-men and be like, hey, like, yeah, like we're popping off to the song because it goes off and it's okay. <laughs> totally. What goes into, Lizzie and I were talking about this a little bit beforehand. What goes into making like your playlist or your set list for Emo Night? Because we were talking about it, how like with Lizzie, there needs to be like a pattern and like a vibe going through the whole thing. We never like pick like full playlists unless like the only time we really have a playlist that we have to abide by is if we have a guest and they have already picked specific songs they're playing. So then we have to tell everyone like, okay, nobody play like, you know, Black Parade or something. And just so we don't have double ups, which is fine. And then a lot of it is we always start off with Sugar We're Going Down by Fall Out Boy Upstairs. Um, and then it kind of devolves into like, what is the vibe of the crowd? Because the biggest thing is reading the room and seeing what is going to pop off and how the people are acting and what their vibe is. So there's sometimes that if I were to do like a neon pop punk set, it might go off. But if people are more into like a hardcore energy, it's probably not going to go off. So I'll have to like change route. And that can be during um, the session, like basically during the set. Or it can be reading the room beforehand and asking whoever was DJing prior and say like, hey, what has been going off what hasn't been going off what has already been played what hasn't been played there's some of us who have like our signature tracks that we'll usually play or like signature artists that we usually play my biggest thing is too is not doing a back-to-back -back or like doubling up during one set of one artist and spacing it out at least like an hour to an hour and a half so as much as i would love to just play the entirety of fall Out boys discography all the time i'm not doing that i'm playing either dance dance or something else but I'm spacing it out a lot I'm also somebody again like I really like flow so I'm not gonna just put back to back like songs that don't sound similar in nature for me just because it doesn't sound good to my ear and I think if you're in one area of a set and you're going from just like hardcore pop punk neon pop punk hyper pop and there's no like cohesiveness it it just is jarring and then you're kind of like throwing the vibe off at least in my opinion when I was a DJ in college radio I even did this with a lot of my radio sets where I would try to flow it as best as I could or do subsections of like 
oh, this is uh, Chicago pop punk. This is new music that is coming out that maybe don't sound the same, but they're new music and people are able to like recognize it in that way because it's something they haven't heard before potentially. And for emo nights, I try to do it where it's flowing. So I'm always going to have like probably a group set of like Cobra 303, um, maybe throw in like Owl City, things of that nature together. I would, I, the only time I would like transition out of that into something more hardcore is if I had at least another song in the middle that mixed a little bit of both of those together and then go into it. That's how I usually like to DJ because I feel like it just sets the vibe and it makes it flow much more continuously. I've been DJing in the city for like 11 years, emo nights. So it's kind of just like the same shit I've been doing for 11 years. Although like when I started, it was like, here's this new song by this up and coming band, My Chemical Romance. So uh, things have changed in the time, but uh, there's a lot of things that we just kind of do fairly repeating. Like you don't want to play like your your hottest shit at the top because then when everybody else gets there later, they're like, well, can you play King for a Day? And it's like, nope, I played that like an hour ago. And then that's usually the one. Everyone asked for a King for a Day. I saw somebody uh, and, requesting All Signs Point to Lauderdale when you had already played it like two hours before yep. on yeah. Friday. That's the other thing. We never repeat songs. There's a lot of events that like go on for like longer that will repeat stuff and we there's enough email music there's enough popular songs and it's okay for us you know to throw in a couple songs that maybe are more for us or more for like somebody who's hanging out with us uh so so generally it's just you know that vibe is is pretty much going to be the same every time when we're starting off and then we just see okay you, you you seem to like the pop punk stuff you seem to like the heavier stuff that's a lot of a lot of kids want heavy shit right now that's mm -hmm. That's been the hardest thing because you're trying to transition from like, okay, well, I'm not going to play like all this like really heavy stuff because it's not going to go off for everybody in the venue. But I have to somehow combine like Taking Back Sunday and then Knocked Loose and I don't know how to get from like point A to point B so well. Uh, yeah, I guess it's it's usually that. But then it's like, well, I already played all, all two of those songs. It, it's also like a stress thing because you're in the moment and you're like looking, you're like, what hasn't been played? What can work? So it's like that one meme of that lady with all the math equations, like what's going to work that yeah. like is going to transition. And I got like 30 seconds to figure out what it is. And then I'm like transported at least to my college radio days because I would do that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to find a song so we don't go off air. So I always have like this immense fear all the time. When I'm DJ, Lizzie DJs by fear. <laughs> you know what? I'm just saying sometimes fear is a good motivator. I'm not saying it's healthy or it's always good, but that's mine. <laughs> and I'm self-aware enough. It motivators sometimes, especially when you're putting together sets for a show or playlists in general. Hopefully fear won't be too much of a motivator. When we come back, we are going to be making the ultimate butt rock playlist with emo social club we're going to be right back with more of the cuddle punk podcast you guys recording yep awesome welcome back to the cuddle punk podcast we are here with brian and lizzie from the emo social club podcast so one fun thing that would happen every time that the like first few times that i was starting to hang out with brian and lizzie it was usually at Beauty Bar for Emo vs. Pop Punk Night. 
And there were a good couple of months where every single time somebody would play the song Lips of an Angel by Hinder. But Rock is just kind of like in this particular group become both genuinely appreciated and still a joke. And so what we are going to do here is we are going to switch real quick just for a little bit from Emo Social Club to Butt Rock Social Club. We are making a 30 song <laughs> Butt, Rock Social Club. Butt Rock Social Club, baby. We're making a 30 song Butt Rock playlist. I had Brian and Lizzie each choose 10 songs. We're going to go in order, Lizzie, Brian, and then me. And by the end of it, you will have a 30 song Spotify playlist that you can all annoy your friends and make your dad and bond with your dad too. <laughs> oh my God. All right, Lizzie, what is your first song on the list? Um, I love Three Days Grace, so I put Never Too Late. <laughs> Never Too Late is perfect. I, I feel like I hate everything about you as a crowd pleaser song, but I definitely have spent my fair share of time crying to Never Too Late <laughs> throughout my life. No, I would. I nope. and that's especially with Adam got near when he left. My oh, friend totally. saw Saint Antonio on their first tour out in Arlington Heights, and everybody was like, "Play through these great song," and then he stopped playing. I have seen probably quite a few of the bands that are going to be coming up on here. I went to Welcome to Fucking Rockville last year. Hell yeah! Don't ask um, why. I don't understand. Why not? <laughs> and the lineup looks sick. The lineup yeah, was great for no. The lineup no. It was 2022 actually, the year mm -hmm. that I went. So it was like Kiss, Corn, Guns N' Roses, and it was supposed to be Foo Fighters, and then Taylor died, so it was Nine Inch Nails. But two of the days got rained out anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we only got the first and the fourth days. So my point is, Three Days Grace. If you didn't see him with Adam, don't see him. That's, that's what, what I'm, I'm. That's, that's what, what I probably think. think. I, I don't know how they are now. They, I could be wrong. I've never seen them. I so. saw them last year at, um, I think it was like Uproar in Michigan. That about right. Yeah. yeah, they were mm. fine. They were fine. <laughs> it's the songs. It's the you go here never too late. You'll cry. Yeah. Well, I think too. I've like heard their newer stuff, like obviously like on the radio, and I'm like, this sounds like every other generic. So I'm trying to be metalcore band. It doesn't have like that unique sound that Adam got here's voice had. So I'm kind of like, eh. That sound is her and <laughs> ah! her. Yes. That's what every one of these songs that's is going to sound I'm like. Looking. So that's, that's, not fair. that's what I'm looking for, Ryan. Listen, that's what I'm looking that's for. That's the butt. We're in the rock. You got to find the butt. We're, I'm just, we're just I'm trying just, to find I keep the butt. Saying, I keep saying at every even night, I just think there needs to be more butt, booty shaking. That includes butt rock. The butt in the butt. Yeah, butt rocking. See? I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Brian, what's your first finding of the butt? Uh I had to put Hoobastank on here as as my number one. What's um, the song? The Wait, song is Same Direction. Now, oh, now I'm so, so nervous because I know they have a song feature. Okay, it's not that one. Yeah. Oh. Why well, was uh I was showing someone the there's a the I think it's this music video for same direction uh, is a sequel to the reason music video. So they have the reason and then they have this other music video. And at the beginning of this music video, they are auditioning people to be the singer of the band. And the three people that they're auditioning are Kanye West, 
Jesus. Chester Bennington and Joel Madden from Good Charlotte. Shut up. It is <laughs> the weirdest collection of people that they could get on that, and it's insane. It's it's. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It was it was early enough that they could get Kanye as the celebrity cameo in that video. Uh and then yeah, you're like, okay, I Chester makes sense. But then it's like, okay, so you got like two gigantic artists. What's Joel Madden doing here, man? What's what's good <laughs> what, Charlotte what's in this doing? for? It was what's it's this funny. Clown doing? But I so another thing about my my butt rock uh palette, my my butt palette, um, is that I being older grew up when a lot of these bands also were coming out in like 03. So before I got into like the used and uh, other bands that got me more into like the emo scene, this is like kind of what I listened to a lot. So I was like actually really into Hoobastank and really into a lot of the bands I'm about to mention on here. Uh, I have not seen Hoobastank live. It is a, a great disappointment in my life that I would really love to remedy someday. But uh yeah, these are bands that I was like actually very into as a child, as a, as a young teen, as a young high schooler. A, a young little baby Brian. Yeah. I love that we're getting the genuine fan perspective. This is so wholesome and this so seedy of genres that we're going into. Oh, hell yeah. You have no idea what's coming up. I got, oh, yeah, I got, we're... Oh, Christ. I have some that are like, these are just bands that I really liked that were in that genre. So if you're like, oh man, I hate butt rock. Like I'm trying not to pick like the major songs that you know, trying to get a little bit like... Here's some actually good songs that were singles at the time that were popular. Like, well, yeah, you, you'll you'll enjoy them if you listen to this, this 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 playlist. You'll enjoy them. We've got mostly early. We've got both early two thousands on this one. I'm bringing us to 2017 for my first one. We've got song three by Stone Sour. Now, here's the thing, I love Slipknot as much as the next angry little trans girl. Corey Taylor's an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Corey Taylor oh, yeah. has always been an Listen, Bud yeah. Rock, unfortunately, I think the reason why a lot of us haven't like ventured into this recently is because most of these people in these bands are unfortunately an asshole because they're like, I can't speak my mind. It's like, no, you just can't you just shouldn't be racist or just transphobic. Like, have you considered just being fucking normal? Just, just be a part of the world that you're a part of. It's the the other problem is that this this genre of music made so much money for these people that they are completely out of touch. So Slipknot is a bunch of kids from Iowa that grew up with nothing that ended up. I mean, Corey was probably an asshole in Iowa too. Let's be real. But yeah, then they now they're just rich. So now it's like you're, no. You're remember, Corey out of Taylor touch. said that he's not making all this teeth with money. He is. You he's know, unfortunately, he, he's unfortunately like lower, like high class. All right. Or like high middle class. All right. He's not living the lap of luxury, apparently. <sighs> Stone Sour was not only around before Slipknot. Their debut was on the Spider-Man soundtrack. Yes, correct. Remember where the you bother, came from. The bother song. Remember where I you listened to that from. song so much. And I was like, I wonder who this is. And people were like, dude, that's that's the guy from Slipknot. And I was like. What he can sing? I haven't got to check the Slipknot band out, and that got me, that got me to them. So, thanks, Corey Taylor. Thank you, Spider Man. But yeah, Corey's an asshole. But I don't know. There's something about this song where it's about like him falling in love around like age forty and having wasted half his life or something. I don't know. It's a big swing for the fences love song, and 
to see somebody actually professing their love for somebody rather than how much they fucking hate somebody in this genre, it's refreshing <laughs> is all I'm going to say. It, it's true. true. It's true. honestly, it's a diamond in the rough. Yeah. It really is. I have Black Dahlia by Hollywood Undead because that's my favorite. I knew we were <laughs> getting that. I knew it would happen. I knew it would my, happen. My thing is, too, is that like Swan Songs is a very solid album. It's cringe, but it's a very solid album. I love this album. <laughs> Lizzie I has to figure out how to justify Hollywood Undead <laughs> all the time. All the time to everybody. I was Lizzie, my it. first time that I heard Hollywood Undead, I genuinely thought it was from the Falling in Reverse rap album. Yeah. Stop. No, it's better. Um, then I think Ronnie Reiki will pull up on a rap album, period. Um, but I I really loved Hollywood Undead. I always tell I told Brian and I told other friends this before is that when I was in like early high school. I was at that seg. I was at that fork in the road. It was like you either get really emo or you go into hard active rock, like butt rock path. And I went down the more emo path, and honestly, probably better for it, like attitude wise, definitely. Um, <laughs> but I love Hollywood Undead. I actually finally got to see him for the first time this year, and it was crazy for me. Did you get them to come by emo night? Yeah, that was, Brian, yeah, that was planned through emo night. Um, yeah, Brian literally they, called me on the phone and I was in my old office and I closed the door because he's like, hey, you're going to like shit. And I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, Hollywood Dead's coming. I was screaming and I banged my hands. I was like banging my hands on my desk and be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, was, I was like the most excited I've ever been for a guest. That was one of our night. So, so if you're in Chicago, you might have noticed that the the DJ table is like kind of in the middle of the stage instead of all the way in the back. And that was one of the reasons that I moved it was because we had so many people who wanted to be on stage and see Hollywood Undead that you couldn't see anything. It was like the people went fucking crazy for Hollywood Undead. So I was like, yeah, we're we're gonna move this table up so that the band or our guest is like kind of visible in the in the in the in the room so that you can actually see that somebody is standing there and not just like wait is hollywood undead here i can't see anything so hollywood undead is apparently doing the best of their career right now it's fucking crazy yeah they put out the recent the yeah. recent albums they've put out have been like honestly solid they did get it more into the traditional like hard active rock sound that is out there but they were kind of one of the first to do it so now you see a lot of other artists trying to replicate what they have done and same thing with like people trying to replicate bring me the horizon and like the architects um like initial movement of it but they've they've stayed pretty consistent though as well with like their general vibe so i think that that was harder but they've like kind of like transitioned it to like make it not like not fully mature because the content is still hollywood undead content (laughs) but it it makes sense for their genre and i think they've done it pretty well my next song is My Sacrifice by Creed. <laughs> Let's fucking go. I was actually a uh, a real Creed fan. Like I was Damn. actually Creed was my favorite band before I started listening to other music because I had to find what I actually wanted to find myself by. And I I blame the used for that. The used really changed my my appetite. The used the, to Creed pipeline exists. The, yeah, the Creed to the used uh, uh, pipeline is wild. Uh, them and AFI was the reason that I don't listen to butt rock as much anymore. But I I put on, 
you know, Creed said we're coming back. I'm like, I'm going to that. I'm going to that show. I got to be there. He put so it in I, our group chat. And he said, who's going yeah. to the Creed show? And I said, damn, all of us. Yep. I'm still going to put it on. I'm be here now. I'm going to that fucking show yep. for sure now. Yep. Uh, My Sacrifice Goes Hard. It's a good song. It's it's long. It's a five minute long song. And you're just in the whole time. There's riffs. He's he's like, oh, and you're you're singing along with him. It's great. Great song. Proving that the ladies can be just as nasty as anybody else here. Do not disturb by Hailstorm. It's Lizzie Hale singing about having one night stands and one night three ways on tour. What are you, what, what where's the, where's the complaints coming? That's girl boss energy. I saw her interview that she did. I forgot with what publication about that, but her brother's in the band. So they were like, how does this feel for you? I'm like, don't you don't need to, you, you don't, you don't need to ask the brother that like, you, you know how he feels. Let's not bring it to the. I know more about Hailstorm than I would like to admit. I've seen Hailstorm <laughs> more than I would like to admit. 100% if you take nothing else away from this episode go see Hailstorm live they've never been able to translate the show onto a record the show is anything on the record dialed up to a thousand it's an incredible fucking performance I've heard that a lot I had one a former friend went from high school who really really loved Hailstorm and told me about them and I thought it was so cool at the time because she was Lizzie Hale is still one of the only like I feel like main female rockers who also like goes out on stage very dolled up, dressed up, wearing like six inch like stiletto heels while she's playing. I think that's insanely badass. She's where Joan Jett and Madonna meet, in my opinion. Lizzie, what do we got next? Uh, Gasoline by Seether, the first Seether song next to Broken I Ever. <laughs> I love Seether. I've never been able to see them though. It's just like a good song. Like I don't know. I, feel like I really they're constantly like... on tour. I feel like God's. But they never, they never come here though. That's true. So, so Chicago is a dead zone for butt rock. That is the it, one. Yeah, thing. They never it's really disappointing. We, we have to travel. Have, we would have to go to like Southern Illinois or Indiana or Milwaukee or or, or not not Milwaukee. Not even like, Milwaukee. Fucking, it's like outside. Like yeah. not even Madison, and we'd have to be in like the weird like three hour away weird three, four hour away yeah listen like i'll go to wisconsin but i'll go to milwaukee and madison anything past that mm, mm. i'm not sure almost at the dells you're in for a bad time yep and that's where these bands are like booking all their tours yeah because they're able to get that's where peep the listenership is i mean yeah. that's why there's so many i mean out in uh joliet illinois they have a new like hard active rock station and it's doing well because that's like the audience in that area where the one here rock 95.5 which is owned by iHeartMedia, has gone through morning show hosts and i hardly say the marketing because i would listen to it i like butt rock but this is not the area for it at all to metro, like Chicago really is, and I say this in the best way possible to the Midwest, having loved living here for the last like six, seven years. Chicago truly is an oasis mm -hmm. in a sea of corn. It's yeah. true. You got to drive a while to get here, and then you're here and you're like, oh, good. Like, I'm not around I all that leave. other corn anymore. <laughs> There's those soybeans. Damn. My number three is Stupid Girl by Cold. I love misogyny. It's not misogyny. It's yeah, it's misogyny. 
Uh, <laughs> now, just remember that this song was co-written with uh, Rivers Cuomo of Weezer. He is singing oh. backup in the chorus to the song. Rivers. Ah. Yep. This is technically a Weezer song. Not Damn, really. we all got Weezered right now. <laughs> that was oh, oh, three, oh, three. Yeah. yeah, this Damn. was yeah, this was seven years after Pinkerton. He should have grown out of this by now. That's a real shame. Yep. This song goes though. This song is fun. It's super. The the music video for this song, I remember like that was the first place I heard it. It like debuted on MTV, and it was like just all these people talking about like yeah. This person broke my heart, and I'm real sad about it. And it's like people telling their breakup stories and then going to see a cold concert. I'm like, <laughs> this is great. That's great uh, marketing. I have seen Cold Live because Cold opened on uh, Evanescence's first tour. So when I saw Evanescence at the, I think it was at, yeah, it was at Congress when that was open. Um, I saw Cold open, not a cold open, and they opened with their like acoustic one that's at the end of the record. And they just like kind of like slowly walked on the stage and then started singing it. And I was like, wait a minute. Is this band awesome? Is this band really good? <laughs> Brian said, and is this band for me? Is this it? And so I, I really liked this record. And if I listen back to this now, I go, yeah, there's there's some okay songs. And then there's some good songs. I mean, and then the, there's that, some songs we skip. This really spoke to teenage Brian. Brian listens to Stupid Girl and felt the way we all felt when we heard Scene Queen. Basically, yeah. <laughs> My next one is another newer band and also a more seen band. Reincarnate by Motionless and White. They've also been having a big. They are having a gigantic. They do Rhea Ripley's theme music. They were on what I will still say is the biggest like scene tour of last year. That Trinity of Terror tour was absolutely butt fucking sane. And. <laughs> The thing about Motionless in White is that I hate Ronnie Radke so very, very, very much. Mm -hmm. But he said something recently that he is right about, but I've been saying for over a year, which is that Motionless in White is, in fact, breaking a Benjamin for trans people. Yeah. And I mean he did kind of spit on that a little bit. He spat there. And here's I mean, the thing. Yeah. It's specifically the vowels. Like, if you compare the way... Ben Burnsley says Jane to the way that Chris Motionless says break. It's the same fucking inflection. Yeah. Dude, that's fine. That, that was that was one of Ronnie's okayest moments recently. It could have been it's one of those jokes that if like I don't know, if like fucking if, if Laura Les made that said it. Yeah, if yeah. Laura Les or like Billie Eilish made that joke, yeah. it they would have been legends forever. But if a transphobe says it, it's like, well, now you sound like a dick, man. Like, <laughs> fuck you. But like But it's like uh, it do kind of that do kind of be right in fire though. We can just reclaim it. And then we're it. yeah. The trans people reclaim are reclaiming it, this is what I've heard. Off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I DJ'd a couple times in Grand Rapids, Michigan for emo night. And every time I was there, they were like, can you just play Motionless and White? And everyone had a different request song. And I had zero Motionless and White on the on the rig. So I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> and people were like afterwards, like, man, I'm surprised you didn't play Motionless and White. I'm like, wh why? Like, yeah, that, that shit goes here. Like, that is one of the most popular bands in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And there were a bunch of people there who were like genderqueer or, or, or you know, I'm, I'm not asking anything while I'm on stage playing music to them, but 
course, it's like, yeah, you you guys are really into some music that I feel would be like, you know, Ronnie Radke adjacent. And turns Ronnie out Motionless and White might be actually rad uh, and, and nice and cool. I saw Trinity of Territory last year during one of their songs. They put up a pride flag, but it was like the good pride flag that has like the trans and like the mm-hmm. uh, black and brown stripes on there as well. Like Motionless and White, I hate to admit this to myself. Motionless and White are in fact based. Base Chris motionless? I think they started it. Well, they blew up on TikTok. So I think that they reached a lot more crevices that they didn't before. Because I remember them like Getting being around. Crevices. And I had a lot of friends who like motionless and white, like previously when like we were in high school and everything. I just never got into them. But like seeing them blow up a lot more, I think it's just, it's so different to see. I know when I DJed um, the Monster Mosh, I played. Um, I don't remember the name of it, the one that is trending on TikTok, that one song, and people actually like really popped off to it. So I think it's I think it's coming back. Um, it's definitely coming back around, and people are going to be like much more excited for it. Uh, again, by Flyleaf, <laughs> one of the first Flyleaf songs I ever heard on Fuse. <laughs> so I'm going to let you go into what you're going to say, Lizzie, but I do have to say one thing real quick. Um, Lacey Strum is my sworn enemy. Fair. I will fight her someday. It's something that will happen. She may be my least favorite person in all of music. That's so fair. Hell yeah. And I was I almost forced to see Skillet several times. Oh, I will. Oh, oh, we're going to have a terrible time the next couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Lizzie's again, about to give her Christian upbringing in here for some reason. No, I was not brought up. I was brought up Catholic. Okay, uh, different. Extra Christian. Extra super Christian um, with better aesthetics and no fake acoustic songs. I don't know. I don't get that. But I I just listened Throwing to it and to I Toby liked Max it. Throwing down Toby Max slander all of a sudden. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but I just really liked it when it came out. And I, at the time, I was like 13, 14. And I was like, yeah, like this is it. And then I started getting into it. And then I saw like AMVs, AMV core is what this was for me. Okay. Now, yeah, it checks. I'll get my number. I'll get my next one. Yeah. Uh, Blurry by Puddle of Mud. <laughs> Bad it's band, a but a very song. good song. Uh, I hope that Wes Scanlon is is taking care of himself. But I also didn't want to pick like She Hates Me or Control because this is objectively a better song and it's enjoyable to listen to and it's fun to sing along with and it's uh, influenced by Limp Bizkit. <laughs> this is one of the, like, the, the Fred Durst signing bands and... For some reason, I was really into that at the time. The Fred Durst, um, the Carson Daly pipeline. Yep. So <coughs> good, good for good for puddle of mud. Uh, everything is so blurry, and everyone is so fake. My next one. If we're going for controversy, she yeah. picks me up by Nickelback. This isn't controversial because it's like they say anything bad necessarily in it. It's your standard Nickelback. Oh look, that girl, very pretty, very hot, want fuck schlock. <laughs> well, that, that was quite a description. That's true, though. I have a way with words. Everyone says this. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I remember when this song went viral on TikTok. I think that was when I stopped using TikTok for a little bit. And then I just <laughs> recently got back onto it. Nickelback tried to make Makes Me Wonder by Maroon 5. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it works for me. <laughs> it's just in a different font. And, it, and it's fine. Absolutely. Or like this is like their dance floor anthem. Oh my god! Yeah, it. I just Shit. watched a, a video. A guy talking Con about how 
Yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't know this. Yeah, he's great. I was like, I don't know anything about this record, but just watching that, I'm like, okay, I'm not hating it. Clearly, there's some better songs and there's some worse songs, but that's that's Nickelback anyway. So, you know, whatever. But yeah, I, I could see it. It's very Maroon 5 core for for this this song. My only beef with Nickelback is that in the Rockstar video, part of it is filmed outside of Dumbledore, and I got here the year after Dumbledore closed. Damn. Yep. So you didn't I get to visit the, the, the music actual... video scene. Nickelback got it, and I didn't. So that's the yep. one thing that I'm pissed off about. Yep. I saw. I literally saw a show, like, I think three or four days before the Dumbledore closed. And that's my greatest <laughs> brag on Magic. that. Um, my next song, again, controversial. We're keeping it really in that vibe um, because AMV Court, Whispers in the Dark by Skillet. <laughs> I have seen Skillet live and I left partway through their set because they started doing a 10 minute like sermon lecture about Jesus. And I said, homie, I just want to hear you play Monster right now. Ben Shapiro <laughs> admitted while talking about WAP that he could not make his wife come yeah. or wet at yeah. all. He still has the second most insane reaction to the song WAP. And the first one is John from Skillet. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the lead singer Skillet just released that anti-woke fucking book too. And it's like, dude, stop. Of course he did. Stop. It's so it is, but listen, I'm gonna still stand by Comatose the album goes fucking hard beside my that. god. I've heard I've heard it's good. I've heard the riffs it are does. very, very Again, this is AMB chord. This is the first skillet song I ever heard because of a Wings Club Dark Bloom video. <laughs> it's embedded, it's it's fucking burned in my dumb little brain. <laughs> Embedded link into Lizzie's brain. Trash. It's right there. It's just always in there. Um, but yeah, I... Yeah. I love that song. <laughs> Maybe Can I'm I the one it? between me and Brian that will get us canceled, actually. I was about nah. to say, y'all are, y'all are pretty tied right now. Yeah. I'll, I'll win. Uh, <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> Cancel off. Hell yeah. Uh, my next one is a little bit of a palate cleanser. This is one that maybe people don't know. This is a song called Wasting My Time by Default. Uh, this was a band that was getting really popular at the same time as like Nickelback and Creed because they had a very similar sound. They were also on a bunch of the like superhero soundtracks at the time. Like Daredevil. This is like around the time when like Daredevil with Ben Affleck came out. Uh, and had Evanescence on that soundtrack and then had a bunch of other uh, Wind Up Records bands, which was Creed and uh, uh, 12 Stones. If I remember you know, correctly, from... that uh, album also has the single worst Rob Zombie song. That oh is correct. Oh, my God. Yes, it does. Uh, it has some great songs on it. And so uh, there, there's there's a lot of butt rock on these soundtracks at the time. And this was a band that I don't think this song was on any soundtrack, but this band was and their song got on the radio and was kind of popular at the time. And this song is actually just a, a really enjoyable listen. Uh, so I'm, I'm putting it on there just to give people a little bit of like, a, oh, I've never heard this. Let me check it out. And I like this. This is all right. I have never heard this song. I've never heard of this band. I'm genuinely excited to give this a listen. My next pick if y'all thought that I could go an entire podcast without bringing up wrestling, I don't know what the fuck you <laughs> all were thinking. Saliva, I'll I walk alone. Yeah, Batista's right. theme song. Batista is the best actor 
of anybody who's come from WWE, and this is the best saliva has ever <laughs> been. It's the best thing they ever have done or ever will do. I just think saliva, we we didn't need it, and we just had it, and, and we, we just got it. And they just keep coming back around on tours, and they're like, hey, homie, I don't know if we need this still. Maybe click, click, boom your way out of here, you know? Saliva's another soundtrack band, though. Josie Scott was on that song with Chad from Nickelback. Listen, I got, I got, I got some list going here. You know, let me, let me get through my list, okay? Oh, no. let, me, let me, let me get to where I gotta go. Brian's you know? let literally like, let go. me, Brian's like, let me cook, let me cook, let, let me cook, cook, let me cook, let me cook. Let me cook. <laughs> but yeah, Saliva was on one of those soundtracks too with their own song, and I was like, all right, this kind of, this kind of is not that bad, like. Do I like Saliva now? Is the first band that we're going to have be a repeat Saliva? On no, this it's not. Okay. It won't be. No. Okay, 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 okay. Lizzie put three Skillet songs on her thing. Yeah, actually, I just went through the entire Christian rock discography. It's just, and I it's just all Skillet. It's all Skillet. It's all for today. It's all, but oh, it's red fucking. Mm -hmm. Chevelle's rad. Chevelle's Chevelle, good people. Chevelle has good songs. Yeah. I've heard red and it's fine. All right, Lizzie, what's your next one? Wow, it's the, uh, I had asked Brian about it, and I just sing it terribly off the key, because I didn't know that this band had more than one song that was actually popular. Um, then I realized what they were, and I was like, oh, those are them. Uh, All Over You by Live. Yeah, I like literally was like, Brian, which one is it? And I had to like sing it, and then we figured it out. <laughs> the most impossible to Google name in the fucking world. Yep. Right? It's like, hey. Oh, I want to see this band live. Oh, who's the band? No, the band no, live. live. Third Oh, base. yeah, what's the band? Like, no, you ever wonder why? why they didn't blow up? I wonder. Crazy, huh? They were very popular. Were Lizzie. they? I don't know. I know. I know you do. Yeah, they, they were very popular. For a while. There they're... was a time in my senior year of high school where I was very sad in my basement trying to learn the chords to lightning crashes. That was a mm -hmm. time that I will admit happened. <laughs> we all had to grow up with this music, okay? Like We you, all had you, to you live through. You... I didn't grow up with this. I'm 24. No, we all grew up with this. You're about to grow up with it again because it's all coming back around. It's, it's all impossible. Back, no, it's the, to be 24. This would be what was this would be what was on the radio when my parents were playing stuff. When yeah, and I mean, and this yeah. is still on the radio now because the demo are parentals. Uh, my next one is a Nickelback song. Uh, so that's our first repeat. Uh, the song is "Too Bad." This was a single that was a little bit less. Nickelbacky, I guess at the time, I I got really into Nickelback as well. Obviously, I have to at with this the only bands that were popular at the time of me being a child. And Nickelback had a record that came out before Silver Side Up called The State, and it is riffy. Yeah, it's actually a good record. This was like very much like taking that and just doing more of like a pop rock sound that got them to where they are now as the Nickelback we all know and love. But this this is one of the songs on that record that was still a single that sounded a little bit more like what the state was doing. So I, I wanted to put on something that was a little bit less how you remind me. Uh, also, Nickelback has some of the best opening lines to songs of any band. Like you start the song and you hear what he, what Chad Kroger sings and you're like, yep, I'm in. This whole song is going to be great. Listen to Nickelback singles and go, okay, so they start the song off. He says some shit and you go. Yeah, I never <laughs> did make it as a wise man. What the hell was on Joey's head? Nickelback kind of rules. <laughs> I, that video made me real. I'm 
this is something that I've admitted to before. I've become a country person, like, recently. That makes sense. I know so many fucking Joey Moy produced songs. I know so many (laughs) stuff that he produced. And Joey Moy produced all of, like, the big Nickelback records. Yep. Fuck yeah, Joey. People don't like to admit that country and butt rock are so closely aligned up until, like, Jelly Roll came out. And it's blending in. Like, again, I hate saying that these people were cooking. Maddie Healy was right. Country is just farm emo. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maddie, Maddie Healy, Healy is, is right. right. Okay, okay, we're moving on. Uh-oh. Yeah. Don't let him cook on this one. No, but we're, no, 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 no. Kitchen's move on, move closed. on. This is the <laughs> only other. <laughs> Kitchen's closed got you? Yeah, that was good. All right, cool. Yeah, that was good. Fucking. <laughs> This is the last, this is the second and last wrestling theme that I'll put on here. I could have gone through so many more because like that was all SmackDown was from like 2005 onward. If I'm going to put, I should put an actual good song on this one. Putting Metalingus on right now. Metalingus by Alter Bridge. Yeah. I got into wrestling right when Edge came back. So being able, I got to see Edge, I've seen Edge live come out to this song. <laughs> fucking religious experience. This, this Alter, Alter Bridge, Bridge record was really good, good at the time. time. I feel this like right Alter, Bridge, after... Alter Bridge is, is super important for the fact that Creed is allowed to come back. Yeah. <laughs> they they kept the good standing in the community that all they needed was Scott Stapp to show back up. But I liked this record quite a bit at the time. I'm not ashamed to admit it. And then Miles is just like Miles is Miles Kennedy is just a probably one of the greatest vocalists probably of the last insane, fucking insane. How do you do that? How you do it? I'm gonna tell you the not greatest vocalist next. That's also terrible. Um, I really am going to blame Fuse TV for everything actually, because this is the first theory of a dead man song I ever saw. Fuse TV and his bad girlfriend. Song fucking gun. <laughs> Go Let's ahead, Lizzie. Sh- Defend Listen. bad girlfriend by theory of a dead man. It's just it's it's a booty shaking sound. <laughs> I Lord. remember watching Bad Girlfriend debut on Views TV and then Hollywood Undead played after. And then, like, I think they had, like, a Blink-182 song or something. Or, right. oh, no, it was Rise Against Audience of One. That's where I learned about Rise Against. That's my favorite Rise Against song. The theory of a dead man to Rise Against pipeline. Oh, yeah. I have a more embarrassing Rise Against Discovery story, for sure. But I I think that's just, you know what? This song fucking goes, all right? <laughs> I know it's not great. Theory of a dead man, like, in general, like, overall, not great people bad band hey i hate my life we know what happened with that one that song does kind of go no it does not (laughs) no it does not i got yeah nah bud nah bud nah bud again fuse tv that's the first time i saw i hate my life as a music video on there too i really think fuse tv was popping off during some times and sometimes they weren't and i blame that for my cultural upbringing because mtv never got to me it was Fuse. We, we've, we've evolved. I'm just, sorry. I was looking up Three of a Dead Man, and they're on tour like, right now. <laughs> I like, know. Just like, dude. They, they are seem also like ones that would never people. come here. Yeah. They're not. They're, no, they're not. 
They have a new single out right now called Medusa, and it's like, oh, it's when a girl fucks you over and blah. I'm like, that's not literally not what like Medusa lore is about, homie. I was like listening, and I listened to it. I was like, oh god, this is so cringe. I'm like, this would have fucking popped off in in 2010. It would have hit. It was when it hit different 2010. Now, mm -mm, it does not hit the same. But it's definitely on Octane. It is 100% in rotation on SiriusXM Octane. Not a band I'm putting on here. Did y'all know that Bad Religion by Godsmack is about abortion? Oh. I think I did know that. I didn't know that. I know Crying Like a Bitch. Crying Like a Bitch. Like a Bitch. That's what we get in Massachusetts, by the way, is Godsmack. That's why. Yeah. That's, that's what we have to offer the culture. If you have a cancelable tattoo, it's probably a Godsmack logo. My next one is the second of my my Cold Songs uh, trilogy. Uh, this is So Cold by Breaking Benjamin. Uh, I had a I had a bit of a struggle picking which uh, Breaking Benjamin song. I, I saw that pick, one. I, I was like, so damn cold. it, Brian. Yeah, I wanted to do So Cold. I think Diary of Jane is a great song, but So Cold I remember as being very like a sort of like more heavy metal side of things than the more like, yeah, well, I'm doing this thing. So I don't know. Bringing Benjamin is kind of a good band, though. Like yeah. I enjoy their music quite a bit more than I probably should. They're, they're I will. I'll give them credit. I'll give them credit for what they are. They've got a lot of good stuff that they've got going on. They're going on an acoustic tour, and I'm like, you don't have to. You like don't we don't need to. that. You could just play "So Cold" and "Diary of Jane." I'll be fine. Something that I am noticing about this here list, we've got. We've got we've got a lot of good stuff going. We've got a lot of we got the emo side of things. We got the Christian rock side of things. <laughs> we don't have enough fucking new metal on this list, baby. I yeah, I found it I, very hard not to just pick new metal uh, yeah. songs, but we were kind of talking about that. Coming undone. Like, oh, we could just put more on here. Yeah, coming undone Cor- by Corn. This is probably my favorite Corn song. I'm not a huge Corn fan. This was my ringtone at one point. I fucking <laughs> love this. <laughs> I'm coming undone. It's not a bad song. Do you know that it was this year finally that Corn got an Adidas deal? Yes. Yeah. They yes. had the tracksuits. What sold out right away? So fucking long. Oh, uh, they wanted to get the nostalgia cash grab because uh, it's Adidas up. Adidas lost nostalgia. Kanye and had to get Corn. <laughs> they said the kids love Corn. Who else? Who else can we have if we can't have Kanye? What about we that have to one get band? K band? Come on, we gotta get it. Gotta keep it continuous. It's a fine band. We did not pick a lot of new metal. Uh, yeah. We picked more. Yeah. 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 So, we, but I think this song. I think Corn definitely had more of a butt rock feel at this point because they were more like bassy and more like funky and you already got the the funky nickelback song on there so it makes sense they were already playing around with like synthesizers in a way that like would unfortunately completely take over like modern rock in the 2010s but they were kind of like they had always had like the synthier side of stuff going on yes i like corn just fine just fine we can bring in some strings here because i skipped over this one by accident because i was like let's get controversial with christian rock um, I don't care featuring Adam Got Near by Apocalyptica. Apocalyptica, hell yeah. Again, a fuse TV five. Bringing some culture to the playlist. I fucking love this song so much. I would play this song with What Have You Done by Within Temptation, one of my other favorite bands <laughs> that I also found on Fuse. 
you would be a power metal girly. You would be a symphonic metal girly. It's, mm-hmm. Honestly, it's so me. It's me coded all the time. But I love this song. I think it's fantastic. I think it's. All right. This is another uh, tastemaker. This is me trying to be a tastemaker. Uh, oh, this is, uh The song is called Caught in the Rain. The band is called Revis. R-E-V-I-S. This was on, I believe, the Daredevil soundtrack. might have been the Spider-Man soundtrack. It's basically the only two soundtracks that matter. Um, <laughs> this band is actually good. They opened for Evanescence on that tour as well, the, the one with Cold. And this band, like, never did anything. They put out this one record, and it just, like, didn't go anywhere for them. But the music is actually solid. And they're, Were they on a label? They, I think they were on Wind Up, but I forget. Um, okay. It's been a long time. This song came out in, like, it was like what, 02? I'd have to... Uh, 03. It's all 03. But yeah, they were uh, they were on Sony. They were they they should have done more. They should have had an opportunity. Uh, they went out on tour with Evanescence, so like you know they had it all lined up, but it just didn't happen for them. But they they, they were actually really good, really talented. Uh, so I wanted to shout them out as a band that I listened to a fuck ton back at that time. Bring it back, Brian. Oh fucking yeah! Butt rock tastemaker. Taste the, <laughs> taste the butt. Taste the butt. Oh no. Uh, Touched, Peel, and Stand by Days of the New. This is like very I know early. Days of the New. This is not a song that I've heard, though. This is very early post-grunge. Um, mm. It's like, if you ever wanted to hear what an acoustic new metal album would sound like, but if it was like, you know, good, that <laughs> this is basically what that, that first Days of the New album, or the Yellow album, because it's one of those bands that has all of their albums as their fucking bad name. Mm. This is a really, really great song. This was a pretty decently big radio hit i think you can still hear it on like alt stations sometimes when you listen to this song for the first time keep in mind the lead singer travis meeks was 17 when he recorded this lord damn child child and he sounds like prime vetter it was this is one of those bands where i was like okay this is this is eddie vetter's other band like (laughs) like it's just that that chin rock sound it's just kind of chin rock the chin rock that's that's, that's, that's Alice's, Alice's word. word. Uh, she, she was like, yeah, yeah Yeah, I was like, damn, that's really that's fire. Good good word, Alice. Good word. Um, I'm gonna get basic with uh more like radio radio hits. Uh, Second Chance by Shinedown. Second fucking chance. Again, a, a Fuse TV discovery. I heard this live at the Naperville Red Fest one time, and I like <laughs> lost my goddamn. <laughs> Because they were playing. I don't know why. This is another one of those bands where I'm like, yes, their last album is full of nothing but anti-vaxxer, PC, culture oh, is yeah. ruining everything shit. Go oh, see yeah. Shine Down live. They're really, really good and fun. They are really good. It's a really great fucking show. I will say, besides the fact that their last album was literally like, you can't oppress us from having free speech, basically. Um... They did donate a lot of money to Spirit Box when they had issues with what, what I forgot what tour they dropped off of. It wasn't this Under Oath one. It was one prior, but they gave uh, them like money. Yeah. Which is I'm like, that's 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 being a real one. It's just like, I just wish your politics didn't suck. <laughs> they also when um, was that Rockville was that or Blue Ridge Rockfest got yeah. canceled this year. Blue Ridge and they were out there. Uh, they were they were out there playing acoustically with that fucking uh, that Oliver, whatever his name is, guy who did the oh, fucking Oliver, Oliver Tree. Fucking uh, Anthony. No, the rich man north of Richmond, the yeah. Bud Rounds man. They were like, yeah, we're doing an acoustic set out here, and it's like, okay, 
Okay. Like, I guess I'm gonna see someone. It was. It was like. Oh, we'll figure it out. It's Shine Down. It's Oliver, Anthony, and Papa Roach just doing a little acoustic set out in the out in the yard. I gotta listen. I gotta look at all their lyrics and be like, "Cool." Let me just take down. Let me let me take Shine Down down. down. Let me shine. Let me turn their shine, shine down. Down. You know? Oh my god, Shine Down. Shine uh, my next one is completing the Cold trilogy. This is Cold by Crossfade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our homies in rematch DJed for us at uh, emo night one night. And Mike was like, I'm going to play uh, Cold by Crossfade on repeat until the end of the set. And the sound guy comes up and he's like, hey, yeah, you got like uh, like six more minutes or so and then we'll shut it off. And he's like, cool. I'm just putting this one on repeat. So like whenever you're good, you can just turn it off. <laughs> and this song opening up with looking back at me gets funnier every time you do it. So if you put this song on repeat, it will like by the third time you are. You are cackling. This song is great. Amazing. Papa Roach has not made an appearance on this one yet. I'm going to go with... This might be my worst take on the entire thing. This is from their 2019 album. Come around. I love this song. I think it's it's very, like... There's a guy I watch on YouTube who called, like, this whole era of radio rock being swallowed by the Madden Dragon. And then this song in particular, I think it's the video that did it for me because it's the, in the video, it's like a true story. It's this dude who had seen them over a hundred times. And then they gave, they brought him up on stage at this one particular show and they gave him like a lifetime pass to any Papa Roach show oh, shit. that he ever wants to for the rest of his life. I've gotten free tickets meeting Jacoby Shaddix on State Street. Papa Roach are the nicest people in the world to their fans. I mean, I, I know that there was that one lady a few years ago who named her baby Jacoby Shaddix, like his full name legally. And I'm like, God, I hope that kid grows up to actually like Papa Roach because he's about to go to every single show for the rest of his goddamn life. I'm glad because they could hate us for what we said about Ronnie because they're like good friends with him. But whatever. Jacoby, we're on your team, man. We're yeah. on your side. You want to you wanna push someone to the side, bring somebody in? Hey. We got we got some people that are that are able that are to better. do covers of of Last Resort that don't sound like that. Yeah, who aren't transphobic. That's it. Yeah, I don't know if. Well, I hope he cares about that. I hope he's like, hey man, yeah. let's not do that. Well, well I hope. Listen, we're we're putting it out there. Hopefully, he does. Please, please be better. Please be better. Uh, my last song is one that Brian didn't have, so I felt like legally I had to put it on. Uh, Lips of an Angel. There it fucking it is. It has to be on here. I, I literally, literally told Brian, I'm like, why is it Hinder on here? So, so I, I took one for the team. team. Um, I, I, I yeah. should have put, um, now that I thought about it earlier, I should have put one of a Pretty Reckless song on there because I also really like them. This was like not just a one-time thing. This was a several, both at Emo Night and at Beauty Bar. Oh, this always, yeah. would just always come up. What's the inspiration behind this song? What is it about <laughs> this fucking song? Go. Song rules. Song is great. Absolutely. I think it's just like we interviewed Hinder and we we're like, fuck, we have to start like. We no, I I actually do like this song quite a bit. Like I I got this album because I like this song and I listened to it a bunch and and when like the, they had other music come out, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like you have a song, it's good, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, we just 
we started getting into like the butt rock thing with a, a another person we interviewed this uh, this artist named Carlo who started doing like uh, not pop punk covers of new metal or, or new metal and, and butt rock. He just started doing like the butt rock singing like on TikTok and stuff. And Hinder ended up uh, responding to him in, in his tic- in his reel. I think it was on Instagram. And so I responded in there. I'm just like, dude, this fucking rules. And I guess they just saw that we were doing the podcast. And so they they like messaged us and said, hey, we want to come on the podcast. And now I'm like, all right, if you're a cool guy, if you're, you know, like we were saying before, if you're a rad band, if you're just nice people and you're like oh, just starting a community and a conversation, like, yeah, then we like you. So now this has just become a song we actually unironically love. Yeah. We will definitely be at the Hinder show in Joliet, Illinois. However we can get there, we're getting there. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll find a way. All right. Thank you for letting me cook. The last song I have is Hero featuring Josie Scott by Chad Kroger from the Spider-Man soundtrack. Oh, my God. A lot of this shit is memes. Like, it is. We can enjoy it, but we also can enjoy memes, you know? Um, This song was in high rotation for me at this time. And you just got, you know, uh, Tobey Maguire swinging through the city saving the girl, fighting the goblin. And you're listening to this song. You're like, yeah, nothing goblin gets core? better. <laughs> nothing gets better than this. I'm so high. I can hear her. Just nothing. Nothing lyrics. Yep. I've got my own little series that I think I've got going on with She Keeps Me Up and fucking Coming Undone and Come Around. I do lean towards like the synthier side is a butt rock i lean towards the mm-hmm. more dancier sides of butt rock there's only one true king of dance butt rock yeah paralyzer oh yeah finger 11 absolutely i think that's the best one that we could end this off on yep this that's on bangs this yeah, is it's it bangs because it's just take me out by friends ferdinand yeah correct yeah. <laughs> And they have like, no heard that riff. Uh, they have no other songs that I'm aware of that are as popular. They used to be called the Rainbow Butt Monkeys when they were a new metal band. And with that, that makes a lot folks, of sense. Thank you so much for <laughs> listening to this episode of the Cuddlebunk Podcast. Brian and Lizzie, thank you guys so much for being here. Where can we find you guys? EmoSocialClub.com. It's got all of our links. We're on Instagram at EmoSocialClub. We're on Twitter and TikTok at XEmoSocialClubX. Uh, YouTube, you can watch our videos of our podcast and you can find all the links to your podcast app of choice at our website, emosocialclub.com. Wherever you listen to this, we're, we're there. We're also there. Yeah, and then hopefully uh, uh, when this comes out, we're hopefully nominated again for Chicago Readers uh, Best of 2023 again. So then go over there and vote. And yeah. if we're not them. there, try to like just like, well, I don't know. Stuff the ballot box for Social Club. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we're 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 not above it. They're not above election fraud, folks. You can find me at Veronica underscore Vexed across social media. You can find the Cuddlepunk podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. The logo for the Cuddlepunk podcast was done by Lauren Young. You can find her Instagram in the description below. The theme song for the Cuddlepunk podcast is Lose a Turn by Modify. You can find links to all of her stuff down in the description. If you want to help support the show, please consider donating to the Patreon patreon.com slash the cuddle punk podcast emo social club thank you guys so much for being on this episode this was fucking awesome yeah thanks for having us hell yeah brother